Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. We just had that first picture up. Now, which one of these do you think you're feeling like right now? The red man or the green man? <laughs> in between. Okay. Oh, that's good. Because many times in our modern pace world, we feel like this next slide here. Anyone feel like that? Yeah. You know, E for enough. E for enough. I knew someone was going to say that. E for enough. You know, sometimes that's how we feel. And uh, we try and muster up the extra strength. We try and, you know... Uh, buffet ourselves up and, and get what we need to get through the next day, the next week. But sometimes we feel like we're running on empty. And this is what happens if we keep running on empty. Anyone been in that situation before? I'll tell you a little story. Um, I was a foreman at a gas station when I was younger. And, um, and I used to drive this big straight six Valiant. And it was, remember the old Valiant? Oh, everybody said, yeah. Yeah, it was a great car, but it was really thirsty, and I was really poor. And so one day I went to leave work. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, I get thrown comments from the cheap seats all the time. And, and uh, I finished work, and I went to leave to go home. And I ran out of gas, 20 metres from the gas station, where I worked, in the gas station. Can you imagine what sort of, uh, what sort of um, nonsense I got from my workmates for the next two months? There was all sorts of stories and jokes that just went on and on and on. I said, would you guys ever forget about this? No, they never would. But sometimes that's what, we, what happens to us, and we feel a little bit like this person sitting on the side of the road. And we're kind of looking up, hoping that somebody can help us. And right now, there's a lot of people in our country and around the world that are feeling exactly like this guy up here. We feel like we're, we're running on empty. Sometimes we're running on fumes. We feel like, as the scripture says, even the young men shall grow weary and faint. And sometimes we feel like that. And, and we need to have an introduction of something in our lives that's going to help us to be able to have some get up and go so we can get going again. Amen? Because this is not what God has designed us to do. Using all of our physical strength to make a few paces pushing that car. And it may not be a car. It might be a marriage. It might be a business. It might be a family illness where we feel like this guy pushing the car. And we're extending all of our energy and all of our strength, but we're not getting very far because we literally, we actually don't have what it takes to push a car like that all the way from here to where I live in Cumin. And God never designed us that way. So I want to talk a little bit this morning because we're going to, today is what we call our anointing service. We, we love to pray for every single person and anoint you with oil. 
uh, so that your cup can run over with the abundance of God within your life and not feel like it's empty. Amen. And uh, so I want to talk this morning about the difference maker who introduced himself to me some years ago. I had a pretty grim story, came from a broken home, got involved in drugs and alcohol at a very young age, and I was heading on the road to nowhere until I was introduced to the difference maker and who, who came and rested upon me and inside of me from the day I accepted his son, Jesus Christ, and gave me the strength to get through some pretty challenging times. I was preaching on Karakia the other night on an online platform that has about 8,000 members, and I was telling them some of the stories about some of the trials that Viv and I have been through as a married couple and as a family. And it was like all these comments coming back online, that, well, that's unbelievable, how are you still standing? I'm still standing because of what, who I'm about to tell you about this morning. The one who can bring a solution to your vexations, to your difficulties, to your trials, and to your troubles today. Can I hear an amen this morning? So we talk about the anointing or to be anointed. What exactly does that mean? Because it gets thrown around Christian circles a lot, a lot of Christianese around the word anointed or anointing. And the word comes from the Hebrew word mashak. Let's say that together. Mashak. And the derivation of that is mashiach. Let's say mashiach. Mashiach, which is Messiah. Jesus the Messiah or Jesus the anointed one. So this word is a key word. So much so it was given as a designation and a title to Jesus when he came to the planet. Translated into the Greek Christos, which means Christ, which means anointed one. Jesus Christ, Jesus, the anointed one. And so Jesus introduced his ministry by his opening sermon as he stood in the synagogue and he quoted prophecy from the book of Isaiah and Luke 4.18. This is what he said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And remember the word anoint means to set apart, it means to smear, to rub. And so when you're anointed by the Holy Spirit, you're smeared. You have something of God bestowed upon you that you didn't have prior to receiving that anointing upon your life. And that's what makes the difference between someone pushing the car uphill trying to get to where they need to go and being able to get through what God has planned for our lives with extra strength, with extra fuel in the tank, and with the divine ability to be able to do things that we all know we could never do in our own strength. And so he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And so he's going to tell us the what and the why the Holy Spirit was upon his ministry. Because he has anointed me. Look at that. So even Jesus, the Son of God, never operated in, in his sonship without being anointed by the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit anointed him to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Anybody experienced that in the house this morning? They know what a broken heart is, a broken marriage, a broken life, broken dreams. These are the people that just, do you know where Jesus was found most of his time when he was on the earth? He wasn't found with the righteous to-dos. He was found not with the snobs. 
He was found with the poor, the weak, the disenfranchised, and he got given a nickname by people who watched him operate, and his nickname was Friend of Sinners. That's where you'll find Jesus. You'll find him at the parties. You'll find him at the community hubs when there's emergencies going on. You'll find him wherever there's brokenhearted people because the Spirit of God, the anointing is given to us to minister to the brokenhearted. Don't you love that this morning? To proclaim liberty to the captives. What do we mean by that? Right around the world, this is what we find. All around the world, and I've, I've pre- been and preached in many nations around the world, and, and every nation is the same. Every nation has people who have been held captive by demonic presences and demonic powers. And Jesus said, the anointing's been given to me to set those people free, to set the captives free. I was... I was uh, two years into being a pastor, a young pastor. I started the ministry at the age of 24. And, uh, and Viv and I had just only been married a year. And she was really getting on my nerves. <laughs> and I think I was getting on her nerves. <laughs> she tried to take me out a couple of times. These Napui are pretty violent people <laughs> until they get tamed. <laughs> Yeah, I'm cruising for a bruising. I know I'm going to get it when I get home. Hey. But you know, I, I never understood why every single one of my forefathers and their siblings had never held one successful marriage. All my father's brothers and all my sisters, uh, all my mother's siblings. Every single marriage went to the divorce courts. And guess where we were heading? You know why? Because the sins of the forefathers had come down to me. And I had no chance of having a successful marriage with my wife until Jesus broke the power of the sins of the forefathers over my life and set me free, now about to be married for 34 years. Hallelujah. We were in our second year, man. We were in our second year, and I'm just thinking, we're going to the divorce courts. How embarrassing. I've just started in the ministry. Pastor gets divorced. And not only that, there was a history on my side of the family of philandering. Do you know what that's a flash word? Do you know what that is? For committing adultery. So my father was under the curse of his father and his and my great-grandfather. And so they all committed adultery. Guess where I was heading? Except the power of the anointing of the Spirit where I humbled myself and went and saw a deliverance minister and in one hour, without telling him anything, he said, your father's been a serial adulterer. You're, there's no marriages that have survived on either side of the family. You're under a curse of divorce and I'm going to pray for you in a minute and you're going to walk out of here a different man. And I walked out of that office one hour later, a changed man, and I'm still the only one. My sisters 
All their marriages have gone to the divorce courts. Jesus is real. Hallelujah. He sets the captives free. This anointing really is something incredibly powerful that we all need within our life because we know that at times there are issues within our lives that we need liberty from. He said, I'm going to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So Jesus was smeared and anointed by the Father with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That means whenever Jesus did ministry, he never did it as the Son of God. He did it under the anointing of the Spirit. At his baptism, the Spirit came upon him without measure, and, and Jesus went and went about doing good to all, healing all those who were oppressed and breaking the chains over people's lives because that's what we need the anointing for. We need the anointing for us, but we need the anointing to help other people. Hallelujah. So there's two main reasons we need the anointing. Number one is to set us apart. So when we pray for you today, in a way, what we're doing is that we're saying, we're saying, Vivian, we set you apart for the work that God has called you to do. And we are honoring God by saying, I'm willing to be set apart. I'm willing to step up to the plate. I'm willing to allow God, the Holy Spirit, to enable me and empower me for the job that he's called me to do. And the second one, of course, is what we've already talked about, is to have the power of God. So we're going to give a little illustration now. I'm going to get my little helpers up here. All right. So on the count of three, I want you to hold your weight, step back, and pull as hard as you can, okay? All right? Those big, handsome boys, they, they just won't be able to get away with it. All right. One. Two. Are you sure? <laughs> Three. Take the weight. Here we go, girls. That's it. Come on, girls. Come on. Come on. Come on. Whoa. Let it go. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, the boys have won. But you see what happens? Stay there, girls. Go back to your position again. Go back to your position again. All right. Come on, toughen up, boys. Toughen up. Girls, you all right? So you go back behind the line there. All right. Okay, come on, boys. Take the weight. Okay, okay. Let it go a little bit. Just let it go out a bit to make it nice and even. Okay. All right. You girls, you were, weren't they amazing, everybody? Right. You see, what happens when we start getting a few beatings in life and we're trying to resource ourselves to overcome the difficulties and the challenges, we soon realise that we actually can't do it on our own. We actually realise that we need the anointing. And so, girls, do you need the anointing? Yes. You put your hand up if you need the anointing. So they're asked for the anointing. And so in Jesus' name, we anoint them now with the power of the Holy Spirit. And the anointing comes upon them. And then angels of the Lord. <laughs> no, behind you. Yeah, the dark angel. I mean, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You better get ready to take the weight, boy. So when we ask for God's help and we get anointed, come a bit closer, Julius, otherwise you're going to go through the window, mate. 
Now these boys, I can see they're getting ready to put up a fight. But without us even realizing the girls are facing this way. They're facing this way and they're trying to get through their battles. But what they don't realize is that they've asked for the anointing. And behind them, the anointed one. Yeah. The anointed one. Yeah. Long hair like Jesus. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right, boys, you ready? I'm scared. Are you scared? Well, just hold the weight. Everyone, just hold the weight after I count to three. Okay, hold the weight. And just gently, gently put some strain on it. Okay, boys, all right. One, two, three. Come on, boys, come on. Give it heaps. Give it, keep going, keep going. Oh! Let's give them a hand, everybody. Thanks, guys. You did a great job. And what we don't understand, but we come to some realizations. When we've had too many goes at doing life in our own strength, and we've fallen flat on our face, that we, we need the anointed angel of the Lord. We need the Holy Spirit also. Within each of our lives, you have not because you ask not. Come on. Sometimes we get into a pit and our heads are down so far, we struggle to look up because of shame, because of all the emotional upheaval that we're experiencing. We, we, we fail to put our, come on, chin up. And we struggle to get our chin up. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he's the lifter of your head. Amen. He's the one that when you're depressed, when you're downcast, when you're going through difficulties, when you begin to lift your eyes to the hills from whence cometh your help, your help comes in the name of the Lord. And when the Holy Spirit anointing comes upon you, suddenly you're able to do things that you never would have believed you could ever do. Give the Lord a hand this morning. So a few things that we need to know about the anointing. I'm gonna, it's not going to be very long, this. Number one, the anointing is the treasure chest of God. Look at that verse. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. When you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life, the treasure of heaven, this is how the Bible describes the anointing of the Spirit within your life. It is treasure. It is treasure. It is valuable. And he's in you so that wherever you go, when you go to work, he goes with you. When you're at home, when you're through going through cyclones, wherever you are, you have this treasure in you. And just remember this morning as we see the language that's described of the anointing, it's a treasure. But sometimes, as somebody's already said today, we take it for granted and we don't give honor where honor is due and suddenly we're back struggling again because we failed to honor the treasure that is within us. The treasure that says all things are possible to them who believe this morning. Hallelujah. The anointing is freely available to us. Ananias went to pray for Saul who had been blinded on the road to Damascus. He was given instructions. And as he laid hands upon Saul, who became the great apostle Paul, in his life, his blindness left him, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And, and the word says that freely, freely you have received, freely, freely you are to give. Why do some Christians struggle not having the power? Because they've only got an inlet without an outlet. And you, you know there's two seas in Israel. There's the Sea of Galilee that's teeming with life. And the water flows into the Sea of Galilee and it flows out. They're still finding exotic new uh, sea creatures in the Sea of Galilee. Still. It's teeming with life under those waters. But out of the Sea of Galilee down to the Dead Sea, where there's nothing that lives in the Dead Sea. I've been there. I've floated in the Dead Sea. And it is as dead and as dry as you can possibly get anywhere on the face of the planet. And do you know why it's so dead and so dry? Because it only has an inlet and it doesn't have an outlet. And we all need, when we're asking for the anointing, we're committing to a process where we're saying, Lord, freely I've received, freely I'm going to give. Amen? And lastly, this morning, the anointing can be transferred and imparted. And, uh, and, and we see that in that story of Ananias imparting the anointing. We see Moses imparting the anointing upon 70 elders. We see it all the way through Scripture, where through the laying on of hands of those who are filled with the Spirit, they can transfer and impart the anointing into another person's life. And I'm going to finish with us looking at two people in the Bible Two people who were anointed with the same anointing. One was called Samson, and you'll find his story in the book of Judges, chapter 13 to chapter 16. And Samson, the anointing came upon Samson's parents that they were to, just as Alan and Sharice were over their baby Elijah today, they were committed with the task of raising uh, a young, a, a baby from infancy who was going to turn out to be having a very special anointing upon his life. It was an anointing of supernatural strength. And, you know, you see many of the comic books and the illustrated books about Samson. You know, he's ripped like a bodybuilder. But many people believe he was very ordinary, just like someone like me, you know, a bit of a wimpy-looking guy, you know. But he had supernatural strength. <laughs> supernatural strength. That was upon his life. And Samson was given the task. The Philistines had been invading Israel for 40 years. Every year they would come in and just, they would come and rape their crops. And they would steal and destroy and pillage of the nation. And they were under bondage. And God was raising up this young man, Samson, who was anointed from birth. Don't take him to a barber. He's not to get his hair cut. He's going to be a Nazarite and take a Nazarite vow from birth. And he will be given. And what did Samson do the first time he gets opportunity to be under the anointing? What does he do? He goes and visits a Philistine woman. And it was very well known that Jewish people were to marry only Jewish people. And he goes back to his parents and manipulates them and says, I want this Philistine woman to be my wife. And then on his way to see her, he gets attacked by a lion. By this time, I would be thinking this might be a sign. A lion's about to attack me as I'm going to see my Philistine girlfriend. <sighs> Clueless. 
And we see in the life of Samson that something begins to happen in his life where he devalues what God has put on his life and he doesn't honor the anointing. And as a result of that, he used the anointing for his own means. He used it to pay off gambling debts. Wouldn't that be great to have an anointing that paid off gambling debts? No losses. But he used it in an evil and a compromised way. He, he tied 300 foxes together to take revenge and destroyed his enemy's crops. He got out of control, went and visited another woman, and, uh, and she sold him out to his enemies. And in the end, Samson, who had a major problem in his life, commonly known today as lust, lust of the eyes, when the Philistines captured him, do you know what they did? They took his eyes out of his sockets. And they made him a mockery by pushing the grinding wheel in the mill. And this great, once great warrior, great man of God, who was anointed to take down the enemies of the nation, became the laughing stock of the nation. Why did all that happen? Because Samson never valued the anointing that had been given to him. We see another counterpart in the Old Testament called Elisha. And Elisha was a young farm boy. He was just out plowing the fields for his mum and dad. He was a faithful son. He was working on the family farm. And one day, the great prophet, Elijah, great name that, hey, Alan and Sharice, great name. Elijah comes by, and the Holy Spirit says, he's your successor. Tap him on the shoulder and tell him to come and follow you. So he literally... He ends up saying goodbye to his mum and dad, and he ends up following wherever Elijah was, there was a shadow called Elijah. He followed him everywhere, and the anointing that was upon Elijah's life began to come upon Elijah's life. But there was one difference between him and Samson, and this is the difference. A rumor mill began to go out through the school of the prophets that Elijah was going to be taken away. He wasn't going to see death, and he was going to go direct to heaven. And so this is what Elijah says. Elisha says this. He says, I'm not going to let him out of my sight. Wherever Elijah goes, I'm going to tag him. I'm going to follow him. He's going to be right there at arm's length. And you know why he did that? Because he had a request. And Elijah got sick of seeing the shadow wherever he went. Hey, you're still walking around the corner. You're still there. I thought I'd lost you. But he tailed him because he valued so much the anointing that was upon Elijah's life. And Elisha, Elijah got sick of it. He said, okay, what do you want? And he said this, I want a double portion of the anointing of God's spirit that was upon your life. I want it for my life. Do you know how, miracle, how many miracles are recorded against Elijah the prophet's name? Eight. Do you know how many miracles are recorded against Elisha's name? Sixteen. Read your Bibles. And they were incredible miracles. And Elijah says to him, if you see me when I'm going, and the chariots of God came down and took him, he said, take my mantle. He took the mantle. He threw it down on the river Jordan, part of the river, and walked straight across it. Here's the point, guys, this morning, as we come to get anointed. If there's any remnant in your life this morning, where you would consider that you have devalued the anointing of the Spirit 
and you haven't held it in the regard that God wants you to hold it in over your life. You can pave the way this morning for a great impartation of the Holy Spirit by simply repenting and saying to the Lord, I, I believe as I look at my heart today, I've taken things for granted. And I realize that the same anointing that was upon these giants of the faith is now available to me as a son and a daughter of the king. And I want that anointing for my life because God, you know I need it today. You know I need it for everything that we're going through as a, as a country right now and around the world. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit today. So we're going to finish off the service this morning. And I want to leave you with one last verse of scripture from another prophet called Jeremiah. And Jeremiah 17 verse 5 says this, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. So if you're here today, and maybe you're not even a follower of Jesus yet, somehow you ended up in this meeting today. You want to break the curse of trying to walk through life in your own strength over you by turning your life over to the one who can pave a brand new path for your life as he did for me and many others in this room. It's called receiving God's gift to the world, Jesus Christ. He died for your sins. He suffered a terrible death. He was buried, but he rose again because death could not hold him down. Corruption could not wrap his arms around Jesus Christ because he had never sinned. The grave could not hold him. And three days later, he came out of that tomb. He rose again. And now you can put your full trust in Jesus because Jesus is alive. He's not some folk hero. He's not some legend. He's not some myth. Jesus Christ is real. And he's changing lives all over the world. Fresh revivals are breaking out all over the world. I've got, my, I've got my ear to the ground and I'm hearing revival beginning to break out in North America, revival beginning to break out in parts of Asia and Africa. Something in the midst of the deep darkness that we're under right now, something is beginning to bubble away and it's called the anointing on God's people. And when the anointing falls, the world can be changed. Hallelujah. And you can be changed today. And so if that's you today, I want you to consider. This is what I want you to do. I want you to consider my words today. And if you deem them of any worth, and if there's a spark of faith in your heart today as you go, when you go home in your car today, I want you to reach out to Jesus like I did. I didn't know any flash prayer. I didn't know the sinner's prayer. I just said, Jesus, I'm in trouble. Help me. That was my sinner's prayer. And he helped me. And I knew right then that he'd come into my world. I could feel, I could sense him. Something had changed around me. And if that's you today, I want you to consider Jesus. I'm going to pray for everybody right now. And then we're going to anoint all the leaders. The elders are going to anoint all the shepherds. And then the shepherds are going to anoint everybody here today. And we're just going to make it a very simple process. But it's a powerful process. Today, God is setting you apart to be anointed by him, to change your neighborhood, to change your workplace.